You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Here we are. Here we are. After everything that we have seen, after everything that you've gone through as a Bears fan, here we sit on the precipice of the game that matters. The Bears playing a play-in game against the Green Bay Packers. If the Bears win, they make the playoffs. They can also make the playoffs if Arizona loses their game against the Rams, which there are a lot of people who aren't as encouraged about that. I actually am. I think the Rams can actually win that game even if they don't have Jared Goff. But we'll see if I'm I'm right about that. But that's not the game that you super care about. You care about this game that's going to come down to a couple of things. And I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. If you've been listening to the shows, I've discussed it a little bit. But I also know that your schedule has probably been a little bit out of whack with the holidays coming up. So I can go over some of this stuff again for you to me the most important thing about this game is the money no 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 I don't mean like the money that everyone's going to get paid for the game I mean the money that the Bears have spent in the pace neggy regime when they made it the made the trade for Khalil Mack we looked at that trade And we said, okay, the Bears won that deal because look at the type of player that Khalil Mack is. Early on, I think that you're right. The 2018 season was just an amazing season for Mack. As great a player as he is, and he's wonderful, he's he's a wonderful player, and we're all very lucky to have watched him play for the Bears, you can understand some of the limitations of having a player like that. This is one of those games where you need Khalil Mack to be a game wrecker. You need a duplication of what he's done to Detroit in the past to show up and and be the type of game that he plays tomorrow against Green Bay. Since the last time I talked to you, David Bakhtiari has hurt himself, and it looks like he will not be available for this game, nor the Packers in the playoffs. I think Bakhtiari is maybe the best tackle in the game. So it's a big deal that he's not going to be available for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. It's funny because during the week I was talking about this with a couple other people and the idea was, well, line Mac up on opposite. Have Quinn go against Bakhtiari and have Mac go to the opposite side. Well, now, unfortunately for Green Bay, but fortunately for the Bears, there's an opportunity that you're going to have an elite pass rusher go up against a drop-off. And no matter how good the, the replacement is for Bakhtiari, Bakhtiari is maybe the best tackle in the game. So whatever type of player that you're going to put in his place is not going, or whatever type of configuration that you're going to do if you're Green Bay, it's probably not going to equal 
what you can get from Bakhtiari. Play in and play out. So, it's the money game, man. It's about the money. This is what I want to see the Bears be able to figure out. You spent all this money and all these draft picks on Khalil Mack. Now's the time. Now's an opportunity for him to show his worth. He's not the only one. I don't want to make this seem like it's only on Mac, but if you're looking at the salary cap of the Bears in 2020, you look at 20, 30% of it, it is eaten up this year by Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, and Robert Quinn. That means that those guys on Sunday have to get busy. They've got to take care of business. I've joked about this on the air over the last few days. Here's the deal. When I was covering teams, and it's still the same. Like I mean, when I was covering teams every day, I'm, I'm lucky that I have dealt with players who talked about this openly, talked about the idea of the defense wants it on us. We want to be the team, the part of the team that ends up winning the game. Well, that's not any different from the way things stand right now with the Bears. You have a lot of proud defensive players, and the three guys that I mentioned are storied and proud. Now's their opportunity to get it done, to to go hunt the white whale that is Aaron Rodgers, to have an impact on the game, and to make a difference and to get the Bears where they want to be. Quinn is really hard to, well, it's not hard, but when we are breaking down what he's given the Bears in 2020, I don't think the sack statistic tells the entire story of Robert Quinn, but I do think that you brought him in here specifically so that you could get a higher return in that particular category. That was the reason to get Quinn and move on from Leonard Floyd. That's why you signed this guy who's been an all-pro, who's been a pro bowler. And what you've gotten from him this season is two sacks. And the first sack came on his first play that he had. He went, let's see here, one, two, three, four. Sound like Mike, uh, Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He went ten games between sacks. He was still getting tackles. He was still getting pressure. But not getting the quarterback on the ground. Guess what? You better get this guy on the ground. The stakes are really high, and if you don't get Aaron Rodgers on the ground, he can make you pay. If we go back to 2013, and I know that that's a very painful thing for people. If you go back to 2013 and talk about the most important play, Julius Peppers got a pressure on that play. But you know what he didn't get? Aaron Rodgers on the ground. And because he didn't get him on the ground, Aaron Rodgers was able to make a play that cost the Bears. You got to get the guy on the ground. Akeem Hicks this season has been okay. He hasn't been the dominant player. And I know that at this time of year, 
every single player is dealing with something. I'm not naive. I know that guys are are fighting through a lot of stuff. But we haven't seen a dominant performance from Hicks since I would say I would say his last dominant performance was the game against Atlanta. Think about how long ago that was. The game against Atlanta was when they first benched Mitch and they ended up winning that game. He played a really good game against Minnesota. I thought that he was pretty good against Houston. But you need him to dominate up front in this game. Those guys have got to make it easy for each other. It's got to be a reciprocal relationship that we see happen between tackles and and the, the ends. They've got to get after it. If you want to extend my money metaphor out to the rest of the defense, where else can you find money on this defense? Eddie Jackson. That means that Eddie Jackson's got to make plays, man. This would be a perfect time for Eddie Jackson to come up with one of those quintessential pick sixes or him getting a, a play off of a, a, a batted pass and, and taking it to the house. They've got to figure out a way to change the game. Let me flip over to the offensive side here because I know that that's something that people probably care about more even though I think the game is about the defense. But I'll flip over to the offensive side. Mike Patton throughout his career has made life on Mitchell Trubisky really difficult. Usually what he does is drop seven, drop eight. They play coverage, they disguise looks, and it messes Mitch up. They also will now do some of this stuff in formational packages that could be advantageous to the Bears. They run dime. So wait, let me let me go in order. Backs. Dime, six defensive backs. I know it doesn't make sense. And then what's called dollar, seven defensive backs. So four guys up front, seven guys in the secondary. I think it's important for Mitch to recognize what it is that he's looking at and also be given the opportunity to make some changes if the personnel that means if he sees dime or dollar then we're going to check to these runs and our runs have to be effective David Montgomery has gone over a thousand yards this year. He's averaged four yards a carry. If you if you look at what he's done over the last five weeks, super impressive. 103 yards versus Green Bay. 72 yards against Detroit. 113 yards against the Texans. 146 yards when they really needed it against Minnesota. And remember, that was the game that Cordero Patterson got hurt. So they gave him the most carries that he's had as a bear, 32. And then last week against Jacksonville. In that stretch of games, the guys scored six touchdowns. Give him an opportunity with this offensive line that has played great. Give him an opportunity to make plays. Give him an opportunity to get behind that offensive line and let them force their will on the defense of Green Bay, which has been better. They've been good. Here's, 
for me, what it comes down to is they have to be flawless on offense. That doesn't mean you have to score every time. You don't have to go out here like Ohio State and score every time that you've got the ball. But you better you better do something. You can't turn the ball over. Mitch can't make an oh-my-God throw. Remember that throw where he threw it into the end zone against Jacksonville and there are eight people in the end zone? Can't do that. That would be that would be terrible for you. So don't do that. Keep Aaron Rodgers off the field as much as you can. I think that's the, the formula. If your defense can put just a little bit of pressure and get him on the ground. And I know that some people say, well, you can't blitz Aaron Rodgers. Sure you can't. The idea of sitting back and playing coverage against him is silly. The idea of just blitzing him all day is silly. It's got to be a combination of defenses, which means Chuck Pagano's got to be on his game. There have been some games so far this season where I felt like Chuck has done a good job of calling it. This has got to be one of those times. He's got to call a great game. He's got to pick the right time to go after Aaron Rodgers. He's got to pick the right time to drop back in coverage and give some help to the defensive backfield, which is going to need it because you've got guys that are going to be out. Jalen Johnson, Buster Screen are not going to be there. You're going to have young guys or inexperienced guys in your defensive backfield dealing with Devontae Adams. Get him some help by making the right call on what coverage that you're going to be in. At the end of this thing, there are still some really big, big picture questions about the Bears. They're worth answering. I am curious on how all of this ends up. And there's a couple different scenarios here. One, the Bears beat Green Bay. I think if the Bears beat Green Bay, everyone, especially the people at Hallis Hall, feel wonderful about where things stand. They will use this as an opportunity to not make changes, and they will roll into 2021 saying, see, see, we told you, we told you. Our guys just needed time, and look at what they did in an unprecedented environment, blah, 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 blah. If the Bears lose and Arizona loses, I think that there will be some revisionist history that goes on with them. That's what I think. And if they end up out of the playoffs, Bears lose, Arizona wins, maybe you'll see some change. But I don't think that it's, I don't think it's likely. I'm not saying it's impossible, and I've been hearing things, but I don't think that it's likely. So here it is. Bears play a huge game Sunday afternoon. I'm here for it. I'm excited to see how you react to it, too. Thanks for listening.